So many of you are asking, Pat, if you were to become the president, what are some policies you would be passing? I've got some ideas here to share with you. You're going to think I'm crazy on some of them. One on immigration. Some of you will lose your mind when you hear what I want to do with immigration and the border. I got one with 65-year-olds. Guess what? I want them to work till 70, and you'll find out why. Another one is Big Pharma, what I would do with them. A bunch of different incentives and one unique program at the end. I'll give you some of the numbers on the last program I want to talk about. Anyways, again, my ideas. If you don't like it, debate it in the comment section, but these are my my ideas if I were to become the president. All right, so let's get into it. If you get value out of this, give it a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. Number one, my biggest problem is with our incentive program. To me, the compensation structure, when you work for a company, a company has a benefits plan, right? What they pay you, commission, health insurance, 401k, all that stuff. The tax code is our compensation structure. Depending on how they create the comp plan, the tax structure is how the American people adjust to get the incentive. So first thing I would do is stop financially rewarding women having kids out of wedlock. If you want to have kids out of wedlock, there's no more tax benefits for you. There's no more food stamps. There's no more welfare for you. I know you're not going to like it. I'm not going to incentivize that because that's not good for the U.S. economy. We need fathers in the households. We need moms and dads to be together. Proven statistically, it's better for kids. It's safer for kids, better for the economy. So the incentives will be for that. So what does this mean? If you have three or more kids per year, we're going to give you tax incentive every year. Only if you're married to the same wife, you guys have three kids together. After the third one, there's a tax incentive we'll give you for the 18 years of this kid being raised by you. So if you do three tax incentive, four tax incentive, five tax incentive, only if you're married, father and mother raising that kid, that's one tax incentive. Number two, 65 year olds need to start working till 70. Pat, that's insane. You're not going to get something like that to pass. Listen, we're running out of money. 65-year-old Social Security, we need you to go back five years. That's pathetic. That'll never pass. Here's a caveat. You ready? For every penny you make up to $250,000 after you turn 65, you pay zero in taxes. Wait, what? Let me explain. Say you make $200,000 year as a 65-year-old. You pay 50% in taxes. What are you keeping? Only $100,000. Now, you have to make a decision with your wife. If I retire at 65, I'm leaving how much money on the table? Babe, if you work this year and you make $200,000, you're going to keep 100% of it. You're not going to pay the other 100% taxes. Why don't you work one more year? You work one more year. Oh my God. Did you see how much money we have in the back? Yeah. Go one more year, babe. Take care of your health. Go one more year, babe. Five years later, you got a million bucks. Wow. That's crazy. Exactly. Then if you want to go one more year, it's up to you. We're living longer now. But guess what that does to us? We don't need to tap into Social Security because it is simply running out. Here's the next thing that's not going to be popular. You know how much money we're spending on entitlement programs and welfare and all that stuff? 53% of our federal expenditures being spent on entitlement programs and welfare. By the way, here's what I would do. Every year, I would reduce entitlement programs by 7% every year. So whatever our budget is, if it's $3 trillion, Year one, $210 billion, lower. Year two, $200 billion, lower. Year three, $195 billion, lower. It keeps going lower and lower and lower. By the 10th year, entitlement program splits in half. Rule of 72, we would decrease our entitlement program by 7% every year for 10 years. It would be very popular for the workers, 
that are making the economy work, it would not be very uh, popular for those who rely on these entitlement programs. Here's the next thing uh, on entitlement programs. So, that's not fair, Pat. How could you say you're going to cut these entitlement programs out? Some of these people are relying on that $2,000 a month. No problem. Guess what? For those that still get the $2,000 or $3,000 a month, I would divide that exactly on what's the most money they've ever made in a month on average over a 10-year period. If that equates to 30 hours a week, you will need to work for the government 30 hours a week. I'm not giving you money for free. Why are we giving money away for free? Taxpayers' money who are working, we're taking from them. We're giving to people saying, stay home, and we're still going to take care of them? No, no. Go work 30 hours a week answering phone calls. Go work 30 hours a week cleaning some of the freeways. Go work 30 hours a week. No problem. And by the way, those who receive entitlement programs will have drug testing going on. Surprise, they used to do the military all the time. It was great. Simply, they would get up and say, if your Social Security, the last four, starts with the number four, step up, and you would step up. Let's go. We're going to test you this month for XYZ. We would do random drug tests quarterly for people that take entitlement programs to make sure you're not using drugs because we're concerned for you. And uh, why are we giving that money away? That's got to be an investment so people get off of welfare and entitlement. That's not to give money, just to give it for the hell of it. I- I'm sure if you're still watching this, you're sitting there saying, Pat's trying to make friends with all these ideas. You're wonderful ideas, right? Some people are probably losing their minds going on Twitter. Screw you, PBD. I totally get it. I told you. My ideas. Here's the next idea. Big Pharma. There's 195 countries in the world, okay, give or take. Only two countries allow for Big Pharma to advertise on TV. One is New Zealand, the other one is U.S. Are we following New Zealand's lead? Since when in the world does anybody follow New Zealand? What are we doing? Now, the day I get elected, remember, I'm not born in U.S., so things have to change. But if I were to get elected, we're going to have to stop big pharma advertising on TV. You actually need to get to work and go meet with doctors and sell them why your drug is good. No longer advertising on television. Day one, first executive order, Big Pharma is done advertising on television. By the way, don't you think these Big Pharma people are so happy a guy like me could never run? You know how much money that would cost them? A lot of money. So they're in a safe place right now because I can't run. Staying on Big Pharma, one of the challenges I think we have is the, the amount of patent these pharmaceutical companies have to sell a drug that takes them 10 cents to make, 25 cents to make. They're selling it for two, $300 because they can't. So they keep the patent and they do that for 20 years. Then great lawyers and lobbyists extend another 18 years on the patent so that thing stays expensive. And the consumer, the individual that needs that medicine, whatever it could be, doesn't get it because they can't afford to pay for it. I would create a structure to incentivize the company that came up with the patent to sell it to others so they can make more money for their competitors to also sell it. But we would ask them to have a structure where the price would be lower, where they don't have to charge it a thousand, ten thousand percent above what it really costs them to do it. And on top of that, we would work on lengthening, shortening the length of patents in America instead of 20 years, we would shorten it. The next one would be education. I got a big problem with what they're doing in public schools right now where some parents are cornered who can't afford to put their kids into private school. I would incentivize private schools in America who are not grooming, who are not indoctrinating the kids. There will be an incentive for private schools to compete with public schools. So this the more, most powerful union in America, which is this teachers union that we have. I think they got three million. There's like a couple of them, but the biggest one is three million members. We need to compete against them. So one of the first things we would do is incentivize more private schools to be started. I would ask entrepreneurs and many of these wealthy folks, if you're not going to run for office, if you're not going to go work in church, if you're not going to work in nonprofit, use your billions and tens of millions to start some 
private schools. We would incentivize you to do that based on certain structures that teaches the values and principles that this great country, America, was founded on. Immigration. So this one's going to piss a lot of people off. 1984, my parents, while we're living in Iran, war's going on, it's ugly, Iraq, the whole thing is taking place, we're in Tehran. We applied for our green card. We never got our green card while we were in the U- uh, Iran. We escaped, went to Germany at a refugee camp a year and a half later. I remember when we got the green card, got on a plane, came here November 28, 1990. We waited six and a half years for our green card. It was such a special day, I can't even describe it to you. One of the greatest days of my life was that day. The other day was June 20th of 1999 when I got out of the army, held my hand up, and I became a U.S. citizen. Great things are worth waiting for. We would freeze the border and any immigration for one year. Suspend all immigration for one year. Zero immigration coming for one year until everybody on both sides figures it out to realize priority is people that live in America first. Then we go everybody that's everywhere else. We'll come to you, but number one is we got to take care of our families first. That'll force other countries who are around our borders, such as Mexico and other places, to get their country to become better so people are not running away from you to come to us. That's what we'll do. One-year suspension of immigration with the border. And uh, I know a lot of people are not going to be happy about that. Housing uh, would be another issue. Right now, we don't have a lot of homes that people can afford to buy, so we need more starter homes. Everybody's trying to build the stuff that we can make a lot of money with. Home builders that build things, houses under $400,000. Some states may be different because it's obviously by zip code and by state. But to give you an example, under $400,000, if the builder's willing to build it, they pay 0% taxes on those properties because we need more homes, starter homes specifically for the younger generation. They cannot afford to buy a house right now. So two things here, one is military and the other one is business. They both, same thing is happening with them. So in business, you're noticing a lot of companies are consolidating, right? These big banks are getting bigger, right? Because they're buying up everybody or Walmart, Amazon, they're getting bigger because they're gobbling up small little markets that have been there in a small little town for 50 years. They say, we're gonna raise the minimum wage. Those guys can do it. Walmart can do it. Amazon can do it. These guys can do it will create incentives for small business owners because at one point we had half of America work for small businesses. More and more and more is becoming big companies. This is why some of these politicians that get up acting like they're for the small person, they're helping out the bigger company. The bigger company can afford to pay higher prices for their employees. It's the small ones that can't. Once we lose them, forget about competition. The military side in 1990, they came out with the Congress, came out with some uh, uh, law that they pushed all these 51 different military contractors that we had, that people were at least buying, they were competing against each other. They took the 51 and they consolidated it all down to five companies that we have today, military. That's not competition. They're all best friends. They all make a lot of money. They all get the contracts. They all love more war. They make more money when there's war and conflicts and things like that. We're gonna incentivize companies to break apart and small businesses to be created here to compete against them. Incentives for companies to not fear going up against these guys. Last one will be a massive campaign we would launch called the Hero Making Machine, turning the right people into heroes. Not complainers, not whiners, those that life is hard, but they step up and they lead their families. Whether it's mothers that are leading their kids after the father died, that's a hero, she's got three jobs, I wanna turn her into a hero. Whether it's the kid that's creating a business on the side to make money to help out family, because family's going through challenging times, 
that's a hero. Whether it's a cop that saved two, three kids, took a bullet, and we don't recognize those cops, we're gonna turn them into heroes. If it's the small business owner that risked everything, him and his wife, all their savings, they sold their house, they sold their cars, they started a business and created a 100 jobs in a community after three years, we wanna turn them into heroes. It'll be a program we'll launch also called the 180 program. The 180 program will recognize people that made the biggest 180 in their lifetime. Used to be a drug addict and a drug dealer, changed his life, gave his life to God, went and worked at a company, is now a C-suite executive making 210 per year, is happily married, he's got three kids. 10 years ago, he was in jail. The 180 program, let's turn that guy into a hero. 180 program could be you were a regular person complaining, bitching, whining, blaming everybody. You chose to stand up for yourself, become a leader. Now you're running a business. You got 38 employees in Kansas. We're gonna turn that person into a hero, part of the 180 program. On top of the hero making machine and the 180 program, we will launch the National Book Club. Yes, National Book Club. Let me give you some stats on books. When you look at numbers, families making over $75,000 a year versus families making under $30,000 per year, here's what you'll notice. Adults with annual household incomes of $30,000 or less are more than twice as likely to be non-book readers as the most affluent adults. About 17% of those making over $75,000 per year did not read books, while 36% of those making less than $30,000 per year. This is according to CNBC, meaning those making over 75, they read books twice as much as those under 30,000. Why? If you read books, I'm free because of books. I'm a 1.8 GPA kid in high school who was great at math, but I never read any books. First time I finished the book cover to cover, I got out of the army. I worked at Bally's. My sister recommended me how to win uh, friends and influence people. And my boss, Robbie, recommended me how to master the art of selling. Then I read 2,000 books and my life changed. We will launch a monthly national book club. And you post your book reviews on Twitter, different places, and the books could be categories, finance, it could be fiction, it could be nonfiction, it could be money, it could be so many different things related to you improving yourself that we'll pick and choose the best book reviews. You post a one minute video and White House will retweet those and turn you into a hero because God knows in America, we need more book readers. We're too distracted right now with social media. We gotta get our heads like this instead of like this. That's what we gotta do. That's what we would be doing. 180 program, hero making machine, and National Book Club. If you got value out of this video, give it a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. And by the way, I'm curious, what are some of the policies, crazy policies you would come out with if you were the president? Tweet at me right here. This is my handle, at Patrick Bay David. I want to hear from you. And on top of that, if you've never seen the video we did on Big Pharma, click here to watch that video. It's fascinating. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye.